Yes, we are live. Welcome to another episode of ScoutCast. My name is Rolf Suit and I'm your host. Today, getting a job as a software engineer seems easier than ever. Talent is scarce to come by, so companies are willing to pay you premium for new recruits and your LinkedIn profile gets visited all the time by recruiters who would love to have just a phone call with you. Still, getting hired by the right company is still a challenge. More importantly, how do you prepare for such an interview? What about negotiations? And what do these companies have to do themselves to reel you in? Today, a senior technical recruiter from a big food tech company is willing to give up all secrets, tips and tricks for engineers and companies alike. His name is Jordan Phillips, and he has spent seven years working across larger big tech like Google, but also startups like Wave Autonomous Driving. At Google, he acted as an ambassador for diversity and inclusion alongside representing them in multiple global conferences around hiring, culture, and cloud. Welcome, Jordan. Oh, thank you. Lovely so, uh, warm welcome. Yeah. So uh, let, let me just open the door right away and uh, say like your, your LinkedIn profile doesn't really match what I'm seeing in real life here in terms of hair color. What, That's uh, very true. That's very true. Honestly, I don't know. Things escalated very quickly. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, went, I went to the, the barbers, fancy the change, asked for Silver Fox. Yeah. I, I didn't get Silver Fox, man. You got m, &M so, yeah. I got m, &M. <laughs> I didn't even know what I got, but I'm dealing with it. Um, yeah. The biggest challenge is trying to convince my missus uh, that it works. Yeah. It is not working very well. Okay. well but, uh, yeah. As long as you're uh, wearing you. with confidence, right? Then, uh... Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to rock <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, I'm in the dark. I look all right. Outside in the light. Yeah, ma'am. It's a bit emotional <laughs> for me at the moment. But moving on, maybe I will change my LinkedIn profile yeah. eventually. Right, sweet. Nice, man. So, uh, yeah. And uh, another guest we have here is uh, Arno van Rossum. Welcome, man. It's a regular Hi, guest here on the show. Yeah, it's going to be fun How's this time. Yeah, pretty good. I have some quite some questions about recruitment because uh, uh, it's usually the, well, the, yeah. the guys I don't like. So that's going to be interesting. Oh, this is going to be great. Well, I, I would also make, uh, I would also make funny jokes about your hair, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's not there, right? Yeah, so, you know, it looks great. <laughs> but maybe I should make my beard white. Maybe that helps. Oh, silver fox. Sorry. Yeah. Silver fox beard. Yeah, man. That would be it's a thing. Funny. It's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Some people go through phases. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're still waiting for uh, Anhik. He's had some yeah. technical difficulties. So when he joins, we'll, uh, we'll try to make fun of his hair as well. And then uh, it's probably my turn. Uh, yeah, we're done here. Yeah. So, so Jordan, you're uh, currently a senior technical recruiter at a food tech company. Can you Correct. disclose which food tech company that is? The orange one. The orange one. Okay, nice. I don't know if that dwindled it down, but at the moment I'm, yeah. uh, I'm working for Just Eat Takeaway. Uh -huh. It's a broader group, okay. um, but uh, about eight months ago, I joined the legacy group, which was takeaway.com, which okay. forgive me if I offend any of the, the Dutch people here, but mm -hmm. um, for Dijsbezorg. Yeah. Dijsbezorg. Yeah, pretty good. Lekker. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, pretty new. That's who I'm representing at the moment. Um, and as you said before, had a bit of a journey from working in some larger, more established brands like Google and, and recently an autonomous driving firm that was very cool and yeah. um yeah moved here eight months ago as i say from london yeah we had a a bit of a, a confusion this morning about uh, uh wave because we said like uh, well didn't google acquire a, a different uh, company like Waze or you think you're thinking of waymo. waymo yeah you could be thinking of waymo but they're like it's, yeah it's so they're it's, their own they're their own standalone from the United Kingdom. They, they mm -hmm. sort of span out of uh, Trinity College, Cambridge, with a fellow called Alexander Kendall and another guy, Amar, who was from, 
I don't know if you've heard of this group from NASA doing planetary defense with AI, the Frontier Development Lab. So, oh, but that scares me a bit. Yeah. Sounds scary. Yeah. Well, I know, right? I was like, say what? I'll go work with you. <laughs> so uh, these two guys got together and in, in essence, it was trying to build this sort of paradigm on how you might train deep learning, IL, RL yeah. stuff using computer vision and robotics in these cars and sensor stacks. And it was very cool, man. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, so, and it was, was it also UK based or somewhere else? Yeah, it UK started based? there. Yeah, okay. they're broadening up now. I think they've just partnered with um, Virgin, I believe, to broaden okay. up some of their stuff. But uh, uh, very cool. One thing I loved the most about that job, because I'm, I'm a big gamer, and yep. these yep. guys were training the AI in simulation on Unreal Engine, which was like crazy okay. cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, loved that sort of stuff, for sure. What games do you, uh, do you prefer to play then? So uh, I'm actually been I've been playing Rome Total War Remastered recently okay. after they brought that back out because that was my childhood man yeah, yeah, and yeah. where I learned all my history really if I'm yeah, being honest nostalgic, man. Um, yeah man I love that game so I like a bit of Total War uh, I like a bit of Dawn of Man Frostpunk some broader sort of eco micro yeah. macro strategy survival games yeah, um, yeah. and a bit of you know Seven Days to Die I'll get into that okay. Those sorts Sounds of nice. stuff, man. Been yeah. playing a bit of Valheim lately. Valheim. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I dyed yeah, my hair blonde. I was like, I've never felt more like a Viking. So let's yeah. do this now. So I can't just turn up. My mistress oh. walked in. She's like, "Why are you wearing a cape? And why do you have a shield on your back?" I'm like, "We just leave me alone to do what I need to do right now." <laughs> the, the, the Vikings killed a lot of English people, or what? <laughs> I think they did. Uh, I, I do. I do identify as an English guy, but I'm Australian. Yeah. Yeah. But you're a long time in England, and... right? So, but you can hey, still switch sides, I guess. Like ah, okay. When when it suits me. <laughs> so how how did you uh, uh, end up, by the way, in in? Because I'm assuming you're in Amsterdam, or uh, yeah, I live in the Jordan, you... Jordan okay. and the Jordan. Yeah, the Jordan. Yeah. The only the only name I could remember after yeah. doing the check online. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, but how did you get there from? Because I can imagine, like, when you're working at Google, was it also in Amsterdam or somewhere else? How did you no, know? so I, I was working for them in London. Mm -hmm. I then pivoted to work for that startup uh, in Cambridge, actually. And then okay. we relocated them into a London hangar setup. It was a, a lovely little transition. Um, and then during that window, it was actually, as I say, about eight months ago when COVID and sort of the pandemic vibes were kind of kicking in. And I was in a bit of a limbo. And yeah. I found this opportunity pop up to come across here. And uh, yeah, relocated when, when I saw what, what was on offer. And Amsterdam's yeah. a lovely city. Yeah. Sweet. And what is it that you do at, at Takeaway? Like, what does a senior technical recruiter do? Because, like, to me, it sounds uh, a bit magic. Oh, yeah? What, what, about, what about it is magic? Well, because, like, uh, to me, I'm not a recruiter, right? So a recruiter is a recruiter, and I can understand the, diff the difference between junior and senior, of course. But, like, mm. a technical recruiter, like, what, what is the difference between a regular recruiter and a technical okay. recruiter? I think... To answer your first question about what I'm doing now, I am, I see myself more as like a, a project manager because recruiters, when they get to a certain phase, mm -hmm. you realize you can really get involved and have impact across so much more. And there's yeah. education involved and training and other bits. But what I do is I work with senior leaders in the business and I try and identify how I can support teams that are growing, normally mission critical sort of stuff. 
Yep. And I spent a lot of my recent time helping build out our product functions alongside our UX uh, presence and some of the technical teams, these sort of agile pods that you see everywhere. Yeah. Um, that, that's what at the heart of. Then on to the question of the technical part. So I've had a bit of a different background where I started specializing in networking, like core network, routing, mm -hmm. switching, then noticed the market was so saturated. I was like, how do I become a bit more of a specialist and looked at like software defined networking, NFV stuff, yep. which bridged me onto early sort of co-location cloud. Then I was approached by Google to do, I, I joined as the first source of recruiter for uh, Google Cloud as they started sort of expanding into Europe, taking on Azure and AWS. Okay. Um, and, and it's that sort of technical track as a recruiter that has kept me and maybe I, a different thought. Because in that moment, I was looking at Kubernetes, I was looking at BigQuery and really large enterprise level server estate stuff. Um, how did you get from being technical to being a recruiter? How does that go? Because you were first like, well, am I technical? <laughs> I don't see myself being a recruiting at all, you know? <laughs> With that, what I mentioned before on that journey is that's all as a recruiter still. So the okay. furthest I've ever gone is I nearly got a CCNA, you know? Okay, That's okay. as far as I've gone. What's uh, a CCNA? Of, it's a Francisco. Cisco Certified Network Associate ah, level. Okay, um, yeah. So I, as a technical recruiter, typically you'll find some guys that are, and girls that are really, really on it technically and can code even. I'm not at that level. Uh, but for me, I understand the lingo of maybe developers and I've, I, cause I know the core base of sort of that tech yep. stack mm -hmm. where it's all gone. I can make assumptions to who's doing what and how they're doing it. And I think that helps me then identify who could come into these environments. So how long did you work for Google? How long, how long did you About work? About two, two and a bit years, had two different types of projects with them. Um, the first was working with them on Google Cloud, and the second was more around YouTube, um, the marketing arm, sales, stuff like that. And, and how does it work? Do you have like targets? You should bring in like 10 people a, a month, or how does it work for you? Do they Typically, expect yeah, yeah. They're very, as you would imagine, they're, they're at the top they're in a top position in terms of all the time they've had as, as a hub in recruitment to have got things outlined in order. And yep. we know the world we live in where data's the thing. Um, these guys had a very detailed process and the way that would fall, all fall down and cascade to the individual recruiter. So it was about 10 typically a month with other aspirational goals around it. But that was my world. And very how did you, because in the end you want good people, right? I would assume anyways, that Google wants the best of the best because it's pretty hard mm. to find 10 qualified people, I would say. How, how did it go for you then? How did you find them? What's the process? Um, it's like broad. your network I mean, or? A bit of both. I think rightly or wrongly, they are a very good established brand and a lot of good applicants will apply. And there's definitely okay. that echelon that won't apply. So I was there to, to, to find those passive candidates. And... Um, really just trying to connect with them, understand what they wanted to be working on, having a bit more of a personal touch because we can take that time to. Mm -hmm. And the, the journey in recruitment for these bigger tech companies are, are longer. I might talk to one of these candidates that fell in that month of 10, but I've been talking to them for six months, you know, yeah, and yeah, really okay. working on what, you, what are you going to like the sound of here? 
And does the uh, the, the ex Google thing that you have on LinkedIn uh, does that open any extra doors for you? I, I'm on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> I think I don't know. It depends what what world you're from. Some people really champion the whole Zoogler thing, and some people. I remember some of my Dutch colleagues when they first joined were ripping me. They were calling me Mr. Google and never let me not be called anything else, which is kind of true. So um, because I've put it on there, it's a bit tomato, tomato. I'm not as keen into it now, but rightly or wrongly, it adds to like we all know what we're doing here. It's recruitment. It's my brand and it's my value. And I've got to showcase value. And if that adds to certain assumptions of people, rightly or wrongly, it's a lovely brand. Good company. Yeah. I'll use it while I can, you know? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. Why exactly. not? <clears throat> All right. And so, uh, so oh. you, oh, yeah, go ahead, man. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, because I was uh, uh, looking at your LinkedIn profile yesterday to, uh, you know, prepare for this, uh, this year interview. And um, did you follow Jobs with JP? I did actually look for, like, how do I follow that? Because I, I was looking for the hashtag and stuff, but, like, I yeah. could not really find a lot of stuff. Like, you had a few posts on it, but, like, yeah, that's was going to be my question. Your LinkedIn is a bit uh, scarce, which is mine as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I, w- I was wondering, like, is that intentional? Is that, you know, you want to focus on, on the core that what you're doing? Or is it to get people to ask you questions? Or is it like not super important to have a fully fleshed out LinkedIn profile with every little last bit of detail? Well, LinkedIn on my portal is telling me I'm a five star profile, but okay. I don't have content on there. Exactly. I, I, I think I think it's not my CV. It's really people see LinkedIn in, in various ways. And I think as a recruiter, I could see it as my CV, but I don't really. It's my tool LinkedIn yeah. to find candidates. But it's there to kind of give a quick snapshot on on myself. And I think most of my narrative and discussion will be about the business I'm representing rather than what I do anyway. Um, Now, I I could flesh that out and add more, but I feel what my style is. I don't really want you to read stuff. I want you to jump on a call with me and have a bit of a chat with me. And that's when I believe you're going to where where we need to be for you to be interested in a job. So I just don't feel the need to flesh it out like that. Right. And, and would the same go for, uh, for like uh, an engineer? Should he also just, uh, you know, keep it to a minimum and just have a conversation? Well, no, probably not. No, probably not. I think, I think for, for you guys, it's just the reality of there are now tools in place mm-hmm. for recruiters and it's becoming much, much easier. You don't need to be such a clued in techie and a sourcer because these tools are now really filling in the blanks and helping build yeah. certain strings. You need to learn the game. And we've known the game for a very long time, which is the use of keywords. It's the same as the sort of algorithms of YouTube and how your videos get circulated. You've just got to think, how do I want to be represented? What is my brand? What do I know? Um, what tech stack am I comfortable with? And just include it. Yeah. Now, it's not your CV. So on this note, sometimes I run a search where people deliberately misspell engineer wrong. You know, because people don't see it as their CV. So just fill it out with with your content. But Mm -hmm. I think more importantly, it's just showing and representing your brand and your stack and and other bits. We as recruiters are are constantly trying to think of verbs, nouns, 
yep. how you talk about yourself, how you do stuff. And we're just pumping it into a system of trying to find you, make it easier for us to find you. It's just yeah. a reality. Okay. And you, use, you said you use LinkedIn, but is it something you use uh, uh, mainly for cold leads or also people you already know via via or uh, how do you approach? For me, I have... Because I, because I think I worked at Google and everyone and their yeah. cousin and their uncle connected to me, mm -hmm. um, I have like thirty thousand connections now across EMEA, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually don't need to use LinkedIn and pay for the nine grand a month license as a recruiter. Crazy. Um, uh, I wow, can now nine grand. Jeez. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money for the full wax stuff. Um, but I can run searches and access first and second and third connections off my own network now. So yeah. I spend a lot of time doing my own thing. Um, and I also am now more in a position of if I can put out good content, a, a like and a share does all my work for me now that I've got this sort of base of a community. So I try to be more thoughtful about how to represent the job, share good stuff, and then get yep. some tractions for them to apply now. Yeah. And, and would you say LinkedIn is the only platform that really matters or are there also more multiple platforms or social media where, uh, you know, recruiters and engineers alike could, uh, could interact with each other? I think, it's the number it's the number one it's the right. winner yeah there's other variants that definitely can open up doors for you but like where you should probably commit your most time to being represented probably would be linkedin right um is is my thought but it really depends on what type of professional you are and what you're doing so some recruiters might use like i've used facebook once or twice dare I say. Yep. I've used other stuff that maybe you can and can't do. Um, I like to go on Git, uh, GitHub and GitLab and maybe look at what they like. Um, yep. I like to go on the Google Scholar stuff and look at citations and look at papers and then spin off to. So again, going back to the whole, how do you represent yourself? Yep. Whatever and whatever way you can do your branding. Um, I encourage engineers to do your own little website. You know, build your own little portfolio. Maybe you're not a designer in UX, but if you built cool stuff and you can showcase it, you know, build your brand, build your website. Have I can find you in many ways, but yeah. um, LinkedIn's pretty core for the run-of-the-mill heavy-duty recruiting. Yeah. More of the startups have a bit more freedom in the narrative of how they go out to recruit. Yeah. But again, presence across as much as you can. And they also look like on the activities they have or is let's say a keyword profile enough like uh, I look look, at activities. yeah like I look if at they are active not. or not or i it just i like to paint pictures of people as much as i can you know and just audit as as much as i can so i like to explore what they're liking who they're connecting to you know what yep. they've mentioned um, and I'll do that not for everybody but for someone who I'm sort of honing in on and I want to understand how you're thinking for sure yeah and how do you how do you connect to people because well I got a quite some few uh, recruiters on my profile and they yeah. always send me a send me a message and LinkedIn did perfectly there for me you could just click a button no thanks so I expect well, you had a few of those yeah in my time <laughs> I think way how I kind of think about it Connecting with people is tough. You need you need consistency and you need to really know how to keep yourself in check, who you've contacted. 
um, for someone like you, here's let's play a little example, right? So I've sent you an email, an email, yeah. and it's like, hey, you look great. Four Scouts, I know what you guys are doing. You know, it's a good hub, pair programming, all the live stuff, all the new stuff I want to be seeing in these sorts of crews. And I think you're going to be um, a really good fit for this new team. You decline it. Cool. All right. Yeah. I send you an email again in probably about a week or so. And it's the same message. And it's and, and the title's just changed again. So this time I'm saying, in case you missed it. And you'll probably be like, decline, <laughs> which is cool. And then, then the third one comes around. And that one is, um, I don't want to spam you. And I'll put a smiley face. So I might have got you then. You might have been like, oh, all right, mate. But then you read it and go, I don't want to spam you, but are you going to be open to stuff with us? I do think this could be a good place for you. And then who knows, maybe you go decline again. But the data would suggest that on the fourth reach out that I send in the title, if I say final follow up, you will. I don't know. You now you're going to decline everything. I'm sure. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but on that fourth one, if you've been consistent and you're following up, and this person, because you might be like, you don't, you don't really know who I am. But what if I've been that dedicate to consistently yep. hit you? And on the final one, I go final follow up, and then because I've said final, I don't know what's up with our brains, but we'll be like, what do you mean? Uh, like, oh, chance, you man. ain't going to talk to me anymore. And yeah. then he's like, hey man, I've just been way busy. And I'm like, oh no, no worry, dude. Let's jump on the phone because the situation hasn't changed. In fact, I've got some new stuff to tell you and then we're done here. Uh, so going to the question, a lot of companies will look at this. They should be sending it in a bit of a routine and we'll get yep. around it. But other than that, I just think you've got to do your homework, know who you're messaging, um, take your time to actually get it to. You don't need to waffle, I don't think. And I don't need to tell you, Arno, where you've worked before and what nope. you've done. I don't need to give you that. But I want to give you something personal enough that you go, all right, he knows that he's not spamming me. He's read enough. Yep. And I don't yeah, care if touch. Yeah. You want to give a personal touch. Okay, that's just, interesting. So persistence yeah. is key in your job, huh? It is. It, it, you're, it could break you, this, these sorts of recruitment jobs. You know, the yeah. consistency you have to do. Mm -hmm. I sometimes, when I talk to people in the industry and I look at stress levels, you know, big migrations. Yeah, you know it. And like, and all these other moments, but when a recruiter's got hiring managers that needed to hire yesterday and yeah. you've got six of them at the same time and you need to structure your energy levels and who you're speaking to alongside your time management of who you're reaching out to and making sure you're consistent. It can be a bit of a sales job at times. And we know that yeah. sales people are big advocates of this stress that they, they, yeah, that's true. I was wondering, like, how, how does it feel? Like, let's say you spend a lot of time and effort getting someone to, uh, you know, come over and do an interview. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, the, the team, for example, that uh, where this guy or girl is supposed to end up in is going to say, like, nah, mate, it's not a fit. Like, does that, does that bother you? Does that, like, disappoint you? Like, man, I, I put a lot of effort in this, and you guys be like, no way, man. I think with, when, when we're dealing with people, like you, me and you, me and Arnold could have a great first chat and I think he's perfect for the role. And then when he gets there, for some reason, he's just not in the right headspace and doesn't yeah. sell himself well. So there's so many variables that come up that can affect it. But normally I like the principle of opening up doors for people. And mm. I'm only norm. I only would have that feeling of disappointment as if it's like, oh, I really, 
I would have loved that guy or that yep. girl to have got that. That's yeah. what, you know, if I get no's, it's part and parcel with my job because sometimes in order to get a hire, you need to show this is the market. Mm-hmm. Here, here are the people we're all considering. And by them being no, it's identified that these characteristics and traits in this profile was actually what we needed. So does that make sense? It's a bit of a calibration thing for yeah. us as, as much as. Yeah, so if they search for somebody, you have to calibrate a little bit on the person you're looking for. Yeah. Each time you iterate on it, like, oh, you don't want this, you do want this. Yeah. Um, typically. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so then, um, the, on the whole, I don't mind people getting those. No, not at all. So you're, let's say, let's call you a high profile recruiter right now. So do you oh, yeah. actually get recruiters? Like to recruit you? In what way? Like, well, are they are they hitting, hitting my door? Seeing you, like, hey man, uh, you want to work uh, at uh, I don't know Facebook or whatever. Um, like people yeah, I you. think yeah, I think you, within all of industries at the moment, I think people are looking for any. Yeah, I think the best way to word it is like, I get a few <laughs> people that come and say, "Let's have a chat," and uh, it really just uh, depends on the approaches. But typically, you know, we're like every other job. Uh, we, yep. as you mentioned in the intro, it's, we're a bit of a sought after talent at the moment because building these teams remotely, quickly, efficiently um, without sort of politics and having that continuity, it's, it's, <laughs> you need these, these individuals to come in and help facilitate. So, yeah. so, so you also click you no also thanks or what? No thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I click decline and I wait for the fourth message that says final follow up. <laughs> And then you finally, <laughs> and I go really. <laughs> so, yeah. let's say uh, you know you got the you got a person interested into uh, to coming over to have a talk. Um, yeah. How should they how should they prepare for it? Like, do they need to do additional homework there, or should they just come in and just have a coffee and a chat, or should they really you know put in some work? It really depends on the recruiter. That's the thing. It okay. depends on the recruiter. Um, for me individually, please don't call me Philip or Phillips. Mm-hmm. My name's Jordan. Um, that's probably just a little thing that I get a lot. Um, uh, I think in general, you need to know who you're talking to. You need to know what company you're talking to. You need to communicate well. And the only way you can communicate well in interviews is if you prepare well. And yeah. the biggest tip I can give to that is you guys familiar with the star method? No, not it, so much. So the STAR method is it, it's explaining the situation, what my task then was, what I actioned and what I did, and then what the result was. Okay. And if you can answer every interview question in this fashion, honestly, I think that's the, the goal to securing and having positive interviews. Because if you prepare well on how to answer questions, and so let me give you an example. Most, most recruiters will say, you know, talk me through about a project you've worked on. And yep. if you can, before the interview, have a good write-up, you know, what was the situation? What was I tasked to do? And what did I action? And what was the results? If I could go back, what would I do differently? Oh, there's a mm-hmm. little naughty one at the end. But if you've got these ready to go around you and you join this interview and you've got your pitch ready because you've been practicing in the shower how to sell yourself and get your flow ready it's really important to flow like when you interview sometimes you'll have five no's before you get your really good interview so anything you can do before to get in a rhythm Mm -hmm. do that and prepare really well on how to articulate that 
and you'll have a good time in the interview. That's that's kind of how I think about it and how people should approach it with okay. these. And it's like because, you know, some companies will, you know, will have like a little pop quiz for you when you come to an interview, like, uh, you know, Google, I think, has a, a bunch of like these famous uh, hard uh, algorithms yeah. that you How need many to solve on the spot in a bus and yeah I think, you know what they used to do that before my time i don't think they do that anymore okay but you're right there's companies that ask really obscure questions at yeah. times and sometimes those questions set you up to fail and what can you do about it um and it's a no in the end of the day and yeah. is that on you or is that on them for how they've interviewed so it really yeah. is so it's so many variables to it all and you can't take it so you are not yeah. accountable for that being a success on your own. It's about how these other stakeholders do and ask yeah. questions to you. And, uh, you know, let's say you uh, refuse, for example, to do one of these, these exercises, maybe like, I don't know, a company says like, Hey, you know, could you, could you, um, you know, build something for us in a week and then next week we'll come and do like a review. And then let's, uh, um, maybe you can say like, nah, mate, I don't have the time for this. Here's my portfolio or here's my online, uh, you know, my GitHub account. You, you know, just take a look at that. Mm. Would, would a candidate set himself up for failure if he, if he just flat out refuses to do these kinds of things? I think so. If they're a smaller company and you're doing it in a bit more of a meaningful way, mm -hmm. I think they can adopt certain changes in process and setup. But yeah. once you get into a company that is at a certain setup, they have to do it in, the, in a fair way an unbiased way uh, right. in a way that is good for everybody and if we've got four people send it do it put in the energy and effort to yep. be considered and i've got one individual who even if i thought was a superstar and mm -hmm. i was really wanted to get into it didn't how is it fair for, for broader consideration and at that level you really have to be right um so look if you're hearing stuff and you don't really want to do it ask yourself why but I think if you if you don't have the time, just be honest with people. And most recruiters should go, here's a test. Typically, it's five days or typically it's this. But mm -hmm. just be, be human with me. Work comes up. Life comes up. Tell <clears> me when you can get it back to me. We don't care. That should be the approach typically anyway. Right. Uh, and if it's not been put, positioned to you, tell them. Say, could I please have a little bit longer because of X, Y, Z? And exactly. I'd be really the... surprised if they said, no, go away. I actually had a few of those tests in the past. And one of the things I noticed is that they, uh, the tests are sometimes set up in a way where the code presented is really obscure. And what I mean with that is like, if you do that in production, you should be fired. Like there's no way this is actually useful. And that's what I think the test doesn't make sense anymore. Because how is that valuable to anyone? Like a really specific detailed ways on doing stuff, which like, yeah, you have to be so, really deep into a certain language or a certain place to actually notice. And that's what I don't get because the superstar you're looking for might do 50 languages, but fails on mm -hmm. one where he's actually wanting to work because he misses that small depth. So is that fair? I'm not so sure about that. I'd need to know more about the, the, the test itself and all, all the broader thoughts too, but I think it's lovely to, if you're asked to do something, know that there's some return or an impact to yep. um, your work or what's being done. But sometimes these things are just to, just to try and get a bit of a, a holistic view of somebody in their style. Normally yep. you should be allowed to fail. 
you should be allowed to have mistakes with some stuff if there's good narrative and conversations behind it. Yeah. I don't like the the mentality of this person's done one or two things wrong, so they're an instant no. I don't believe in that thought. So I agree no. with you in that sense. Yeah, and that's what we've seen as well when we did like a pair interview where we would just code together with a candidate. And, you know, most of the times they always ask like, hey, I'm doing it right. Is this how you guys want it? And it's like, well, that's it's not about what we want. It's like it's about the process and, and how you think. And, uh, you know, mm. the solution in the end doesn't really matter. It's just about having the conversation. And, uh, you know, if you can convince us about a certain yeah. way of doing things or then it's all good. I've heard of situations where we've sent a test out before and the response was really obscure. I mean, the, the code was clean, but the way how they did sort of, I think it was a game actually where they created a, a grid and they were like, here's, the, here's what you need to do for us. There is a spaceship and there is a rocket mm -hmm. um, and there is an asteroid. The ast now, now show us the asteroid coming in and you firing a rocket and how it's going to take out the asteroid. So yep. it's quite a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And this person did something so obscure and there were parts of it that weren't very clean, but we were like, what a cool thought process and how he's approached it. And none of it mattered other than we identified he had a really cool thought process yep. to that challenge. So sometimes they are obscure and don't turn into anything, but it allows them to get a different light of your yep. thinking. Yeah. And uh, in, you know, next to the technical challenge, some companies also present you with like a personality test to, to, to fill in. Um, yeah. I've had that a long time ago. And I remember <laughs> it was really off-putting for me because uh, Did I you went into... Well, I guess I did, right? <laughs> but like, because they ask me all kinds of questions like, hey, you know, you say that you're meticulous, but your, you know, your profile says that you're quick and dirty. And can you please explain, uh, you know, why the outcome of the test is different than what you're telling us? It's like, well, I did, you know, I didn't design the test, you know, how, how, how should I know? And it really made me, you know, not want to work at the company. So I don't know, yep. maybe the test succeeded in, in that in that regard that the company wasn't a good fit for me. But, uh, you know, I, I do clearly remember it as, you know, as super off-putting mm. to have the conversation about the results, like not the test itself, but the, then result, the, yeah, the, the, the conversation it generated was really, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I bet. rubbed me the wrong way. That I think that would rub everybody the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really like that stuff. I like to let to trust my own instinct on people and how they are. And um, yeah. I don't think tests like that can really paint the correct picture. Stuff up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, that's the that's the thought of having all the data that might suggest, mm -hmm. and maybe companies that rightly or wrongly have huge incoming and need to have one more layer of a filter. Maybe yeah. that could make sense. But on the whole, I believe you shut the door to people who. It's that old saying of like, there's a tree and there's a zoo, and then you ask all the animals to climb up the tree, yeah. and only half of them fit that style of doing tests, and and the other half really don't like talking of themselves or how to articulate, get way too caught up in the how do I want to come across, and they completely lose the, the the yeah. yeah the focus of it just being a natural exercise. So it can be a bit of a hindrance <clears throat> to certain individuals. Those tests yeah. in my thoughts you are you are the the first layer uh, uh called an applicant should go through and yeah what happens if the guy's good you know he gets it he knows the stuff he's just great but you don't like him that could happen right <laughs> maybe maybe the company would like him but you don't how do you handle that because that happens i'm pretty sure it's a deep question deep question 
Um, most of the time, if I'm being really honest, most of the time, the journey that I have with a candidate to them, if they're getting an offer, it's a good one. It's I, it, it has to be. Otherwise, you know, at the end, when we're really talking the real deal stuff, we've got to trust each other and, and what we're saying. Um, but could you repeat the question one more time for me? Well, you also have, you always have like a personality. You, let's say you could be really assertive or oh, the, whatever, oh, but I, your, your applicant. I went be... all like, how do you say this correctly first? <laughs> Sorry. Um, the only time, so the journey itself is a good one, I think, with all of them. The only time where it comes down to it, where sometimes I might, you know, my heartstrings are slightly more uh, offended, is the negotiation period. Mm-hmm. because people need to represent them, their families, lots of broader things, and it doesn't come, it's nothing to do with me, really. I'm a facilitator. Yeah. But because I'm in between, uh, I'm maybe I'm a punching bag, maybe whatever, because uh, what, what you need to realise is I get that conversation, and then I go to the business, and they tell me one thing, and I've got to mitigate the two. Um, so lose, sometimes lose. In, those, yeah, in those moments, you can feel a little bit frustrated with people, but then I sit back and go, how can I blame them? Like these are the only windows where we get really a chance to, sh- to sell, control mm-hmm. any of the narrative. Because we know what it's like when we get into companies. You do need to do what you need to do through the hoops to get promotions or more money. So I, I do encourage negotiation and I do accept it, even if it might be a little bit hard sometimes yeah. in terms of the comms. So who do you who do you represent most during a negotiation then? Because obviously you work for the company, so I would assume the company. But let's say the candidate says like, yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, my salary is X, and X mm. is like, you know, he has no idea, right? It's super low. Like the rest of the company makes like mm. double that amount of money, but he's yeah. content with making you know that amount. Would would you tell him like, look, mate, we're gonna make you a better offer here? Or are you going to call the company and say like, oh man, you know, I just, uh, I just saved you guys a bunch of money. It's a good, it's a really good question. I think if you're in a smaller startup or in an environment where you might need to be conscious of costs and mm-hmm. outgoings, and that broader thought is if throughout the year, if we can keep costs to this, it means we can do certain more things, then maybe tactically that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I normally have that thought where um, you should be honest about that situation and those people should very quickly get up to the track right. of where they need to be. But for bigger, larger companies, there are, are bandings in place yeah. and there's a lower end, there's a mid and there's a, a top end typically. Yes, and <clears throat> my belief, yeah. So, so my belief really is just, I mean, I try and get people as much money as they can, if I'm being honest, until I get slapped on the wrist. Mm-hmm. And normally that slap on the wrist is we can't give that person that much because it makes it unfair for X, Y and Z. Right. So my mantra is I'll try and get you as much as I can to really incentivize you. And yeah. I then get guided by them. I don't have any care in that respect of saving money at this sort of level. But mm-hmm. in former instances, then, yeah, it happens. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a bit of a different topic here, but uh, I was wondering, like, because you worked for, uh, you know, the AI uh, autonomous driving company thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a thing or two about, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and deep learnings and all this kind of stuff. And we talked about uh, sending LinkedIn messages, and I'm sure that there are automations for that as well. Like, do you see your position being automated in the, you know, near to far future? I think the concept of sourcing could very likely be yeah 
uh, I think the way how certain AI uh, can can go out and do a map and, and collate information, um, certain tools. Yeah, for sure. The sourcing part, I think, um, although it might need a manual input of some direction, it could probably okay. go off and build a pretty good shortlist, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, then dealing with people is a completely different thing. And I yeah. think when you're really going to be dealing with people on that human level about their life decisions, and these are very important stuff, you're always going to need someone to listen to that and to talk through that. Because right. EQ really is one of the biggest traits that you need. EQ, uh, emotional, uh, emotional intelligence and work, yeah, yeah. And pe working with people and all of that stuff is what really yeah. makes hiring. Finding people might get automated though. Yeah, so it's more of a tool to sift through you know, yeah. the pile of, of, of profiles and yeah, yeah. But I think right. we're here to stay for a long, long time. <laughs> Thank God, right? <laughs> I don't know. I know it starts like, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so are we here to stay? <laughs> you send me four times a message. <laughs> <laughs> then respond to me, please. Why do we have to do this here? <laughs> Do you do you invest a lot of time in building up your uh, emotional intelligence? Like, do you invest time on that? Because it's part of your, well, should be part of everybody's job, I guess, but maybe more for you. I think I'm a bit of my style, maybe character, bit of an extrovert, you know, wanted to do About... musical theatre back in the day, you know, did a bit of drama, you know, and I've always wanted to, it's just been my style, my thing, and people are different. And yep. yeah, I think everybody should really be on top of it um, moving forward. Uh, but uh, that's just something that I uh, feel is a really important trait um, when you're building teams and working with people. And how would you develop yep. that? Is it more like just having the interactions or do you also recommend people like to read certain books or to, uh, I don't know, watch I think Black it's, Mirror? <laughs> it's, no, it's knowing your style, you know, it's knowing your flow. It's knowing how um, you best learn. Some people find it really easy to hold conversations and some people really struggle. Yeah. And knowing you and knowing what part of you is maybe um, needs improvement, that can only guide you on what you then look for. And then back to the key words, type that in and you're going to get some good books and good podcasts and good YouTube. And if you don't like what you hear, let's keep, you know, find different audiences, different channels to hear stuff. Yeah. Um, commit some time to doing it. Um, I think okay. it's, it is, it is important. I, I think just having a, having a team around you that facilitates it. And as managers that can encourage people to be a little bit more open, a bit more conversational is where it might start though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then followed up learnings and individual learnings can be encouraged. Yeah. Cool. So uh, we were wondering, uh, because, you know, you've been working for pretty big companies and, uh, you know, you have a pretty big uh, network. So I imagine that you also get a lot of people to come in for a conversation, for example. Do you have any uh, funny stories or something about, you know, people coming in or, uh, you know, a conversation going totally wrong, maybe, or, you know, something funny? Um, yeah. Maybe the worst story. <laughs> I'm just, I'm one of those guys where I've always been, a really good example is, right, I remember working for Google at the time, and I was work, I was on the market representing Google Cloud, and I was hearing really good feedback, like, we're seeing what you're doing, and I was um, 
all, all of these sort of individuals started taking us very seriously. So I was on uh, the Hangouts at the time, and I was like, I'm feeling quite encouraged by this. I might just message Diane Green, who's like the top CTO of uh, Google Cloud at the time. And I'm there just like, really good feedback in the market, giving her a little bit of insight. And my boss at the time around me is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Um, but that's kind of in my nature. I'll approach people who I don't really know. And I've had certain elevator because in these in these Google offices, they purposely build them so you collaborate, you bump into you. And I'll be in the elevator with like the head director of, and I'll just be like, I remember saying to this guy, he was talking on the phone and as he hung up, I was like, hey man, you ever thought about doing ASMR? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, what, who are you? What are you talking about? I'm like, your voice, man, soft-spoken, bit of an accent. I'd fall asleep to that. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he was like, <laughs> Senior, senior director and afterwards he loved the thought of basically i'm just complimenting your voice and saying you should sell that <laughs> but um little nuances with people who i've had all over in terms of recruitment i have a really f funny memory of having a candidate who we're really excited about mm -hmm. he's calling me on the way to the interview going i'm pumped jordan i'm so ready for this and then i get a call from the and he's like i'm in here i'm in the lobby so i'm like okay he's there I get a call from the company. They're like, he hasn't turned up. I'm like, he has turned up. He's in the lobby. I promise you, go have a look for him. She goes down 20 minutes later. She calls me back. I didn't see him. So we've canceled the interview. So then I'm like, what is going on here? Called him repeatedly. He didn't pick up till like, bearing in mind, this was like 11. He called me then at about 5.30 PM. <laughs> right? He goes, ah, oh, fucked up. I'm like, what? what did you do? He goes, I fell asleep in the lobby. So he went and had a little nap because he got there a bit early. Can you believe? In the whole day, he was sleeping in the lobby. And I, I called them up. I was like, yeah, he had a stomach problem and he left. It was really unfortunate. And the phone died, one of those things. He generally fell asleep for like five hours in the lobby. No, no one noticed him like just... Sleeping there on the couch. What's security doing? You know the security guard looked over and was like, he looks quite peaceful sleeping. Yeah. I'm not going to wait This guy had a rough day, right? <laughs> Honestly, I remember telling the rest of my teammates and my boss was like, well, that's your fault. You've got to manage things like that. I'm like, what the fuck can I do? <laughs> Go to his dreams, can I? Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, do, do you also have any like feel-good stories where, where you, uh, I don't know, reunited families or, uh, you know? Team. Uh, I, do you know what? During at the moment, I've mm -hmm. I've actually been relocating quite a few people over to the Netherlands, and yep. I've had some beautiful stories, and it's been really feel good. I think, right. especially at this time where people have been a little bit, you know, the whole world's probably been a little bit yeah. uh, anxious or whatever yeah. this feeling is. These little pockets and changes I'm giving people, especially re relocating, is beautiful, man. That's what I live for, and they can come here with their partner. Um, and build new lives in, in certain instances. And, um, but my biggest ever feel good that I was never involved in, but I heard just amazing things from back mm -hmm. in the day at Google, they had this dude interviewing and he was homeless and it was, it was crazy. Like he did all of the interviews. He did like six, seven, um, every time he did it out of a library and no one okay. knew. And at the end they offered him the job and it was this whole like, oh, this is great. I was homeless. And. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. I love yeah. seeing just stuff like that. 
Um, because he didn't, uh, he wasn't complaining like, man, you know, I really need this. I'm homeless. Didn't even mention. Yeah, exactly. Didn't even yeah. mention it. And cool. those little moments of where people, because that's why I probably do this job. Because in the end of the day, I open up doors for people and I don't yep. just give them a job to say, come and fill a role and just get the machine ticking. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go, who are you and what do you want next? And if it's not good for you, I'll wait to the right one and then I'll hit you up when we're there. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'll craft these positions with these people. And when they do hit an opportunity working with me, the, I'd like yeah. to see them then carve themselves out something quite unique and meaningful. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how this relocating thing exactly works, but do you actively help people to, to relocate, like finding apartments and filling out forms? Or is it like, do you hire other companies to do that for you? Or is this like an exercise left for the candidate himself? Typically, most companies have a presence of, of sort of expat agencies or other little groups that might support, facilitate. Yeah. Um, with me, with my candidates, especially just because I've moved here recently mm -hmm. and I did all the research. Yep. I say that, but I couldn't learn any other street other than the Jordan. The Jordan, <laughs> yeah. Although I live, I live on a very long, on the Hartsblumvastrat, if I've said that right. I don't think well, so. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> Lacquer. So basically, yeah, uh, I, I will I'll at least give them some guidance on where to go. I like yeah. to have a bit of basically the sum it up is I'll recruit you, but I don't shut the door. Then I'm here to kick it with you and probably yep. be your friend as you join a company and I'll help you out with where you're living and right. ask for a brown bag of cash when I see you in person, <laughs> you know, isn't it? And do you also have people that just want to move to Amsterdam and not necessarily care about the company? Does that happen? I'm sure there are instances of people and their motivations being more of a, this is better for me in whatever aspect. People sometimes use jobs as stepping stones, and that's just the reality of the world we live in and how their career might be planning out. Yeah. Um, so it, it varies. I, I don't have any personal instances where I feel like it's more for, as I say, I try to have a bit more of a, a touch on what they're looking for and job-wise yeah. and other little bits. Cool. Otherwise, they're going to leave eventually. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. I want to mitigate that as much as hiring people. The retention is important. Yeah. Yep. And so we've been talking a lot about uh, candidates and stuff, but what do companies need to, to do about their recruitment strategy? Um, you know, other than the things that we've talked about already, um, you know, is it uh, hiring people like you or like, should they really expose their culture uh, uh, in a different way? Uh, like be less corporate maybe, or I don't know, what, what can companies do to really attract the, ne the best candidate? I think it all comes down to what their offering is. You know, if you don't have a very good tech stack, you better have a good culture. And if yeah. you don't have a, a good culture, I probably wouldn't join you. So mm -hmm. it, it ties into, they need to, as much as we talk about candidates representing themselves, do their same piece of branding to make sure you want to join. Mm -hmm. I think nowadays, as you say, it's quite competitive. So we need to sell as much as I yeah. need my hiring managers. I need my interviewers to go. This is why you want to work here as much as, and we need a broader that all of us need to collectively try and hire. It's a combination of having, good recruiters at the front door that are screening and being mindful about what we're building and who we're talking to through yep. to invested interviewers wanting this team to grow, uh, visibility of the senior leaders and the stakeholders. And sometimes a, uh, a senior leader might need to make a phone call to close a candidate. You know, sometimes yep. we might need to rethink 
what tests we're doing. It comes down to auditing yourself constantly, trying yep. to keep it as human as possible and just and going from there, followed by good, good process, good policies, if did that you, makes sense. Did you ever have that where, you know, you needed like, I don't know, a CTO or something to have a sit down with a possible candidate in order to really uh, reel them in? Many times. Okay. Especially obviously in the startup world, that was like, um, uh, especially when conversations, like I can go pretty high level, but if you go mm -hmm. like really deep into certain mapping and architectures of how that works, I've got to hand you over to the, to certain other people. Yeah. And uh, it's a really lovely thing to have not only somebody that can come in and go, let me explain the tech stack a bit more with the future of this org, mm -hmm. but, um, how that might relate to their personal growth more than what yeah. I can offer. I mean, I know my stuff, but I'm not as capable as these, these senior leaders. Okay. But yeah, really handy for them to come in and do that. If they have the time, I guess. But yeah. 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 This so is you can true. get the, you can get the CTO of takeaway to be on the, on the spot. Yeah. He's uh, doesn't respond to my messages. Uh, I've been telling him <laughs> like Diane Green about the market feedback. No, I haven't tried to. Uh, I did see him when I first moved here. I got an opportunity. I saw him around the office. Um, yeah, approachable, really nice guy. Okay. <clears throat> you have some, uh, well, I mean, you had some beers with the team, but I guess, uh, yeah, next time is going to be some beers with uh, senior management. Yeah. Like, are you going to arrange that? Yeah, I think um, during these, the, the hiring managers I'm connecting to now, and I don't know whether it's just the time that we're living in, but because it's so remote and we're a bit more connected to it, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm really getting a nice flow with a lot of my stakeholders at all levels. And they're being very, sometimes you might have a business where that person might be at that level and it's not so approachable, but now yeah. in the style of it all, uh, yeah, we're having a beer, yeah. maybe a cheeky whiskey. You know, okay. it's encouraged. I think we've built good bonds during this time, although it being a bit alien. Um, yeah. Yeah, because everyone's working from home. And uh, I assume uh, you're working from home uh, yeah. all the time as well. Um, did that change the, the way that you work as well? Like, uh, did it shift your times around or, uh, you know, because I'm yeah, guessing yeah. you have to have some, you know, quiet phone calls here and there. I don't know if you have uh, children or dogs or anything like that. Uh, no, by, no, I, I think... I, the way how I approach my role in general it has to be consistent, regardless of it's in the office or at home. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I struggle. So what I have done before is there's a book I had read called The Superhuman Flow, and it's from gold medal athletes, and okay. it shows what they did in the day plan to achieve a gold medal and yeah. how you might incorporate that into your working world. So my flow is admin on a Monday calls on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And so that has all stayed consistent. Right. Um, I am a bit of a person that feeds off of other energy mm -hmm. and I do miss it. I'm getting there now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's been a while. I'm dyeing my hair blonde. You know, we're starting to see some effects of this yeah. now, I think. Slowly going so, <laughs> so I'd love, I do miss bumping into each other coffees, that human interaction. Yeah. I really live off of that vibe and I'm a bit of an extrovert and it's starting to yeah. make me feel that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, what are you going to do? Right? So yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Gonna yeah. Have to wait. Yeah. Is there a date for when, uh, you know, the offices are going to slowly uh, open up again, do you think? Or has there nothing been uh, said yet? 
it's a bit of a weird time. You know, we see some really big companies go like, you don't need to come in the office again. And yeah, some companies are looking at, if you're familiar with, familiar with GitLab, and mm -hmm. they're offering and they're, they're, they were like the first ever remote group yep. to start. And yep. everyone's starting to rethink cost of locations and offices. So yep. I really don't know what will happen in the next six to eight months, really, of how companies will approach it. But what I think is important in this narrative is what do the staff want? Because I've spoken to people who really feel a bit out of place at the moment. Yeah. And the concept of them going back to the office actually shivers them. Like they're really yeah. like, ah, oh, I feel really. So I don't know. It's got to yeah. be a really delicate combination of a bit of work from home easing into. But then we've got people like Spotify saying you can work for wherever you want in the world as long as it's within time zone. Yeah. So depending on who you work for and the, and the thought at the moment, we'll see. Yeah, for, for sure. Because my mother, for example, she works for a, for a bank and, uh, you know, on the support line. And uh, she mm. used to work in the office as well, you know, having fun with the co-workers and everything. But now, you know, working from home for the last uh, year and a half. And the bank also said, like, yeah, this is going to be how it's going to be f for, you know, the future. Yep. She actually, uh, you know, quit her job over it because she really Fair wants plan. to be, uh, yeah, in an office and, uh, yeah, interact. Let's have come to takeaway. <laughs> Yeah, I can, uh, I can suggest it. To my, my girlfriend, huh? uh, yeah, well, my girlfriend works as a, a, a senior di uh, dispatch lead. She looks after France um, right. with, our, with our scuba drivers. Although it's not the same of what you're so, looking, I can't help recruiting. The similar tendencies <laughs> to what she might have done. She might appreciate this environment. Um, yeah. well, but does, does it also affect your work? Does it affect your work, the, uh, the remote stuff? Um, because if you are person, people you want to meet in person, I would say gives you more signals or doesn't really affect you affect the work I, I haven't felt it so much so not really i think some people it's it is harder to maybe gauge reactions a bit more but yep. you're kind of dealing with what you got and i i feel like people are you know, I'll pick up on nuances like they made eye contact me with me zero times. That's yep. something. Mm -hmm. um, but on the whole, it's it's pretty standard. I feel like I get a good sense of people still. Um, it's just what energy I have left at the end of the day. For yep. some reason, I feel a little bit more drained. Uh, yep. As yeah, I say, sure. getting fed off other energies. And I, I want to give my energy to, say, my family and and my girlfriend rather than what's left of my energy at the end of my day and maybe there is this combination of this style of working is a little bit more draining on you yeah yeah we have to get used to it yeah but did you also or check your numbers <laughs> did, did you check your numbers like okay since uh since you are actually actively at home you have less people talking to um, or more or do you see a difference i'm i'm it all comes down to time time management, really. I mean, I, I'm seeing lots of people want to have conversations, but quite exploratory in thought. I think yeah. people are still waiting to find out what happens in the next six months yeah. of yeah, how okay. things go. As you quite rightly said with, with your mum, in terms of knowing certain things that might be rolled out, people are going to make decisions to leave and find what's best for them. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. Mm. All right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's closing to the hour and we don't really have a deadline, but uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about uh, any other things. I don't know, Jordan, if you have any questions for us, maybe. Or anything no, you would I mean, like I to discuss? 
I don't like developers, as Arno, Arno put before, so I'm done here. <laughs> I, I'm trying I'm to say no thanks, anyways. <laughs> no, I, I think um, I don't know. Has that has that filled in some blanks for you? Is there anything else, sort of, you might feel engineers would want to know, or is there any other thought process that you would want to explore with me? But other than that, um, well, I do realize that a lot of recruiters do it wrong. I would say because most give up after once. <laughs> Yeah, but so uh, so I, ho crazy. I hope they don't listen. Yeah, I actually do. Uh, I actually do have uh, one of those questions so because I, I I usually just uh, ignore uh, like requests to connect from recruiters or like an email. Right. Like I I just don't even reply. The no thanks. Like what should I do? Should I just not even reply, or should I at least have the courtesy to say like thanks but no thanks? I think you lose every opportunity you don't take. And if you don't want to put your foot in the door, there's no harm in people knowing who you are. So the reality is there may come a time where you need a job. Right. And obviously don't do this with everybody. But if you read, if there's anything I'd say is the gesture in itself, hopefully it's personable, mm -hmm. uh, but there's still there's a gesture. Give it a moment to read. If you read enough that you think merits you going, no, just straight decline, fair play. If you sin enough where you go, thank you for that, but I am actually in this situation and this is what I'm thinking, hit me up in, a, in, a, in this time if you've got actually a senior role. Right. So if, if you can give them something back, it will. It, doors can open, opportunities can still come, it can still be uh, valuable for you, but none of that can happen if you're just saying no to everybody. Yeah. Yep. So... It depends on what you, how you want to showcase your brand. People know about you, um, because there's no harm in people knowing who you are, especially if they're in companies that are in your space in your field. You know. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. And uh, so, do you have any uh, any? You're final... both just going to decline in mail still, so I don't know what else to say to you. <laughs> I think we're already connected, so I'm lost. People, man, we're yeah. just. <laughs> We're just we're just people trying to trying to hit our targets as well. Um, All right. But I maybe give it with a, a bit of a grace that hopefully some recruiters should have something meaningful for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they so, don't, how, how how do people follow the jobs with JP on LinkedIn? I think you just you jump onto LinkedIn and put hashtag jobs with JP. You should find me. All right. Uh, it should take you to a certain page and then follow. Nearly at a hundred. You know, I'm going to do a free giveaway at 100 of uh, one LinkedIn endorsement. Uh, so <laughs> everybody get involved. Awesome, man. <laughs> LinkedIn endorsement. <laughs> <Giveaway. laughs> Got to build a profile. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I do encourage if people want to see what I'm working on, I do tend to share also roles that I just find really interesting from core companies that some of my extended recruiting network are mm -hmm. sharing. So uh, if you want to keep track of that, tech product engineering yep. all sorts roles some interesting stuff um, all right okay we'll definitely give it a follow and uh, i encourage your listener to just uh, yeah follow jobs with jp who knows there might be your dream job in between there you never know yeah i'll also be sharing tips and tricks to how to keep your hair blonde and yeah. how to use purple shampoo for those who know they know i think that's more for facebook but uh, sure <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jordan, thanks very much for uh, joining yeah, us. It was an uh, enjoyable conversation. I had a good laugh and uh, learned some things. So that's cool. Good. Appreciate it.
And uh, yeah, one of the tips you gave me as well was uh, watch Black Mirror. So I'll put it on the watch list. And uh, yeah, always good to spend to some do. time there. Arno, do you have any uh, any final tip for the listener? Maybe. <clears throat> yeah, you have to decline four times. That's it. I think that's the tip. <laughs> but, and then you have to respond the fourth, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. Oh, you have to have to. Decline, but, yeah. uh, that's where you get it the good filters. Uh, exactly. Then you know that uh, it's a decent guy. Well, I think that's fair, you know, as a takeaway. If people want to send you an email and then they never send you another one, did they really want to chat to you? Yeah. Or, or were like you that. just on a shortlist that they just sent everybody a message to on the yeah. shortlist? You know? So I think if there's a bit of pride in who we are and what we're doing and it takes a little bit more true. All the recruiters listening are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Tell them to accept the first one, oh. you crazy. But, you know, that that distinguishes, you know, people will spam and mm-hmm. it doesn't do good for my yep. industry. It really struggles. If I want to get hold of great candidates, they don't want to hear from me because they've been, you know, they're spam. a full stack developer and they're like, hey, man, I've got a front end role with no touching of the back end, yep. whatever it might be. And they go, you've read my profile wrong and we've lost yep. them. Yep. So, good point. Yeah. yeah. Let, let the recruiters work a bit harder and make sure that they read your profile and that they do a, a follow up. Try not to be like, oh, no, just decline straight away. I do emphasize opening doors and being welcoming. <laughs> it's never harmful. Um, but it do it's my personal opinion. <laughs> That's done it right. So uh, if you're a recruiter, I'm going to gonna accept you, man. Yeah. Never hurts to talk. And it also never, never hurts to, to send your uh, comments, requests, and questions to uh, podcast at forescouts.nl. Uh, you can also go to our Twitter at forescouts. You can also go to our LinkedIn page. It's also forescouts. So it's uh, pretty easy to find, I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, check out uh, Jobs with JP on LinkedIn as well for uh, you know job opportunities from our guest today, Jordan Phillips. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. And uh, see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye. Right. Bye bye. Thanks.